player-led, I think, made these guys truly connect on a different level. Me saying that because I, I went through a coaching change and didn't have a, a head coach for about a month. That's where I think the connection really took it to the next level. And that went in December. They really knew, you know what I mean? They found out their, you know, Coach BV was the coach kind of towards the end of December. And then we come in January, and this is when I come, and I just see this, you know, just player-led environment. It, it's, it was new to me, right? But that's when I knew. I mean, we got the guys. We got the mature guys who are, who are in this building. We got very talented players. How do we wrap it all together? And, and that's what we've been able to do through spring. You know, going into summer, I truly felt like we took it to the next level. There's your quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, uh, on there with the boys earlier talking about uh, the buy-in from this team and uh, when he knew that they, uh, they had something rolling. And it was right away. Very well-spoken young man. Um, heard a couple of people uh, with some nice things to say about him on the text line. Yep. He seems like a good leader. He seems like a a guy that the the rest of the team is is ready to rally around. He he doesn't seem to be. I don't know how to put it. Like Baker Mayfield was a little more William Wallace, and. Dylan Gabriel is, I, I I don't know how to classify him, but he's a little bit more what you're used to uh, with a quarterback. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, just neither one or me- a little more mellow. Neither one is is bad or anything. It just I, right. I get the vibe from Gabriel. I mean, this team is going to face adversity, just like every single team faces adversity, and I just feel like he's going to be the calmest one. You know, on the sidelines, on the field, or whatever, when OU does face that adversity this year, and that's—I think it's a pretty good sign when you're a quarterback. And I, I keep seeing all these similarities between him and Josh Heupel. I definitely think that there's some, and I—I I mean, I guess you could say it better than me, but Hype didn't look too razzled down 14 nothing against Nebraska. Kind of stayed calm and figured out a way to get it done. I kind of see the same Always. similarities from this guy. Always. Um... And I don't know how or why that was, but he was always totally calm. Um, you know, part of it, I feel like, just kind of looking back, was it that the expectations were were lower? I, I I don't know, but he was he was never never really frazzled, worried at all. Just always felt like no big deal. We'll go out there and get it done. You guys just sit back and watch. So he does kind of seem to have that quiet confidence about him, and I'm sure we'll see him get fired up out there whenever the game's rolling around. It sounds like he's got a lot of that grittiness to him. So He does. You know, um, a year ago, the fans felt, I don't know, it was it was interesting. The relationship between the fan base and the starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler. And that relationship turned for the worse, definitely, once the season started. But I guess where do you think that relationship is now? And where do you think it's going to end up being? Because I maybe he's the guy that just comes in right now. I, I, I feel like this fan base already loves this dude. 
and there's a real potential they love him even more if he plays really well this season. Right. Um, I don't know. I think they – the situations are different. And uh, it's not – desperation's not the right word for it, but you're searching right now, right? You're searching, like, who is the leader? Who is the – like, we, we, we all are in kind of a time of need. We're coming together here. And I think it's easier to spot a leader, find him, get behind him, and roll whenever times are, are tough like they are now. Just, you know, there's there's a lot on the line and there's uncertainty, uh, perhaps. You know, before, whenever everything's good, it's all cake and we're just going to cruise and we've got this. Well, then that's whenever things can kind of veer off one way or the other for a million different reasons, right? So... I think I think just kind of the situation is part of the reason why you're going to find a bunch of guys just fall right in and be really galvanized as a group, go out there and get the job done. Yeah, that's that's why I, what I told you a couple weeks ago. I think that I don't know if this year is going to be you know where the fans say like, hey, wh- who's your favorite OU team of all time? I don't know if anyone's ever going to say this team, but I feel like this team is going to rank very high even if they don't even make a playoff just because of what this team seems to be about. They're a very likable team. I feel like this fan base and this team, they're going to jive together pretty well this season. There won't be an angry feeling like there was last year if the team is 7-0. and It'll be the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. And maybe, like, regardless of how you get there, you know, they will have – from the fan base, they'll have a much more um, forgiving tone, I believe, for year one because of so many moving parts. Um, do, you know what I'm saying? Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I obviously, if you lose to Texas or Oklahoma State, there's going to be some upset people. But, you know, we, we almost burned the house down last year after the Kansas game. I, there's going to be more of a forgiving atmosphere, for sure. I, I say I, that. We say that, though, and then bullets start firing during the middle of the season, and who knows what can happen. I mean, things change drastically once we actually start playing football games. Now, uh, it's funny that you, you mentioned Kansas because um, Caleb Williams, I, I just think it's a really interesting – uh, comparison between Caleb Williams and Casey Thompson. So instead of just going the whole season, I compared them to some like opponents, like the two best teams that play in the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Casey Thompson was 38 of 65, 58%, 459, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Caleb Williams was 29 of 57, 50%, 394. Got pulled. Three touchdowns. Three interceptions. Uh, and, yeah, I got pulled against Baylor. Fairly similar numbers. Casey Thompson's are better. How about this? What if you want to go against Kansas? Common opponent. Casey Thompson lost the game. But he was 30 of 43 for 358, six touchdowns, one interception, plus a rushing touchdown. Well, <laughs> you know, Kansas. as bad as Texas was at that time, and I think they were in the middle of like a five-game losing streak, 
All he had to do was pull the uh, pull the football from his running back's hands for a first down, and he would have been instantly mm. entered into the Heisman conversation after that win over KU, you know? So close. Caleb Williams, by the way, 15 of 20 for 178, two touchdowns, an interception, and a rushing TD. I think they're really similar. Now, Caleb Williams is a true freshman, and I think he's going to improve quite a bit from where he was at that point well, last hey, year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I, uh, I, I think he'll be better than he was last year, but the freshman and sophomore jump that we talk about, what were his priorities this offseason is what I would guess. That's, hmm. that's my big thing. Like, what were the real priorities? Now, reading the L.A. Times – and his dad being quoted and all the stuff there, I got a feeling on what the priorities were, but what were they for Caleb Williams? Was it about living the L.A. lifestyle and the Beats by Dre and getting all the cash, or was it, yeah, I can really improve on what I did last year. I've got to get back in there. I've got to get a lot better. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Um, But I think it's fair to question it. Well, yeah. I, I do, too. There's way more going on there than than really should be. And oh, this thing, I, I, it looks a little bit different with Dylan Gabriel. And we don't know. I don't know what Caleb Williams is doing every day with his teammates out there. Heck, they probably love the guy. Uh, gave him all free head or beats by Dre. Gave him free headphones. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. But um, I think Dylan Gabriel has, from what we've seen, done a really good job becoming acclimated with his teammates, making an effort to to uh, to be a leader and to develop those relationships with those guys. That, uh, you know, that retreat they went on was really cool, had some fun there. I don't know. Is I it- think they're different guys, and there's no reason to really compare them, but I think it's just natural and it's going to happen. And my hunch is next year that Dylan Gabriel – will have better numbers than Caleb Williams will. Yeah. Uh, you guys it's different are, situations. It's not apples to apples, but it's going to happen. That comparison will happen. Savagery on the text line has taken place. Caleb's offseason was shopping and going to the beach to look at feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's interesting. 580. Dylan Gabriel is like a Jon Snow personality. I could see that. Here's the thing. Jon Snow didn't want the crown. Right. Dylan Gabriel wants the crown, though. But in terms of how they go about it, like I, I could see that a little bit. And if we're going to continue with the Game of Thrones reference, I can definitely see Brent Venables being Daenerys Targaryen in the final season, blowing up an entire town if this defense gives up a third and 18 in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Teddy didn't see the last season, so he doesn't get that reference. But some of you out there do. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen it. I need to. I guess is there what there's the the prequels coming up soon, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, I need to go back and finish it. I really loved it. It was it was fantastic. I just got to finish it. Mm-hmm. I finished Terminal List. Have you started it yet? No, I'm still watching Peaky uh, Blinders. We're almost done with it. Golly. I'll get better soon. KD Sooner says, I think it's refreshing that Dylan Gabriel isn't a celebrity before arriving on campus. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. 
I kind of agree with that. If he has a big year, he'll be a he'll end up being a celebrity though. Oh I mean, yeah, it could, that could he may be a celebrity happen. by October. He, it could change pretty quickly. Yeah, well, that's really what it took for Caleb Williams was uh, the Texas game. Which, by the way, Casey Thompson, if you want to go head to head, better, way better numbers. Stop talking about Casey Thompson like this. It makes me more nervous about the Nebraska game after I told you yesterday, oh, God, we're going to cover the three and a half. That's easy. Well, I I'm, I could be uh, cherry picking some data here to make it look uh, one way or another. Nothing ne- wrong another. with that. Hey, what did you think about Sark's comment today where he admitted that he didn't develop well enough last year? Well... I think it's a if it, it's a if it's an oversight in year one. I think that is going to be a problem. You never get that that precious time back. You stunt the growth of your team, and the team I, they have settled into what you are now. And whenever you go in and try and change it, it just rarely does it ever work. It's 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 really difficult. You have to be consistent and and like know what you're doing right out of the gate. How can you be ready to take over as head coach at Texas and in year one I mean, there's gonna be things that you look back and you say you wish you would have done differently, but man, that seems like a it seems like a pretty glaring oversight and maybe he's just you know doing the thing where you shoulder the blame and you know point out what went wrong and get everyone to move on from what a disaster the previous season was right maybe that's what's going on there but like if that if if, like he looks at some of the culture and stuff like that and the development aspect and says like yeah that, that was that was an oversight we didn't do as good a job as we needed to last year that, in my opinion, is like 90% of the job. Right. Yeah, he. I, bet. I, I told you a couple of times that he was selling really hard the year two. Year two is always better. Year two is this. Year t- just because it's year two doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, you could be worse, just as bad in year two as you are in year one if what, you, you continue to poorly develop and have a poor culture like he admitted today. So I, I just – Dude, I'm believe it when I see it with Texas. That's how I'm going to forever be with that program until I see anything different. Why? Like, give me a legitimate reason why I should be bullish, optimistic, think it's going to change, whatever. Because I can't find um, one. Um, Bijan's got a Lambo now, and it's going to make him play harder. Bijan's got a Lambo. He's going to want to play harder. He's going to want to play harder or quit sooner and uh, be ready for the NFL. Um. Huh. It's hard. They were four and one until they lost that heartbreaker to Oklahoma, which kicked off a uh, losing streak of six games, mm. including a loss at home to Kansas. <sighs> how they beat Kansas State late? Well, I know how they had Will Howard uh, at quarterback. Right. That's how. Yeah, but still, I yeah crazy yeah will howard threw for 65 yards in that game that's how <laughs> God. 
he is quite the punching bag on this show, isn't he? I know. I mean, he's like the least likely candidate for us. I mean, we make fun of a lot of people, right? But the backup quarterback for Kansas State, you don't, you wouldn't think we'd make fun of him a lot. Wow, oh, man, we do. Ugh. I, f- I feel bad, you know, saying it but because I say he's probably, probably the greatest kid ever. But, man, when he goes in at quarterback, when Skylar Thompson was down – Forget about it, buddy. It's over. Yeah, let me uh, – a <laughs> couple texts. Can Dylan play next year or is this year his last – yeah, Dylan Gabriel can come back next year if he wants to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 972 area code. Dylan Gabriel makes me think of Shane Falco in the replacements. Rally Woo! the troops. Was Falco left-handed too? Um, I don't think so. I could be wrong. I'm just thinking uh, John Wick is right-handed with that pistol, so I don't think Falco is throwing with his left. It's not? Okay. Well, hopefully um, Dylan Gabriel lives in a boat outside the lake, kind of like Falco lived in that boat out there in uh, D.C. Yeah, so did the ladies' man. Did you ever see that movie? He lived in a boat. No, I did not. I'll put it on the (laughs) list, though. (laughs) It's a terrible, like, Comedy Central, uh, or not Comedy, uh, Saturday Night Live spinoff movie. Will Ferrell's in it. It's pretty funny. In a really bad way. So don't see it then? Uh, you may not get it. You may be too young to have ever seen Come the Saturday on. Night Live. Come on. I know the Saturday Night Live scene. Get out okay. of here with that. I used to have the Chris Farley Best Of on DVD 15 years okay. ago. I, I got a good idea. All right. What's a DVD? All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. I-44, exit 107. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring to the final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Any big takeaway from that uh, audio clip from Britt Venables basically saying that it's not where it needs to be, but we're not in a bad starting place. We'll get there at some point. Yeah, yeah. He's got a clear vision. That's that's the key. He's got a clear vision. And I don't foresee in year two – when he's at SEC Media Day. Oh, I mean uh, Big 12 Media Days. Wow. There's a little hint drop right there. If I don't I don't foresee him looking back on year one, and I'm not saying like it's going to I – mean, I think it's going to be successful. We don't know. But I, I don't see him standing there and saying that, yeah, the the culture, the, the development aspect um, – I didn't do a good enough job there. I don't foresee that. Now, he he may like he'll be saying something about what he didn't do right uh, as he'll he'll take the onus of it. But I think whenever he says he's got a clear vision, like that's what I'm talking about is the 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 plan has been in place for a long time. It was just a matter of where is he going to go and implement it, and happened to be Oklahoma. He's got the plan. They've implemented it. 
and I'm sure there's been some things some along the way that didn't go exactly how he had planned, um, and he's had to you know make contingencies for that and have a plan B. But I mean, the vision and the plan has been crystal clear, and whenever that's the case, you have a very high likelihood of success. Yeah, um, and I, I just whenever the first adversity happens, I just don't picture him all of a sudden going into a coach speak type of guy. He shoots it straight. That's how he is. If it's not good at some point, I think he's going to say it's not good. I don't think we're going to hear, well, (laughs) we're close, and we're a lot closer than you guys on the outside think. I mean, you guys don't know football. By God, I know more football in my little pinky than any of you know. I've forgotten more about football. Trust me, we're close. You guys don't know because you can't see because you're not in our walls, but I promise you we're close. That, that seems like a bit of a dramatic reenactment you of think what so? actually occurred. Well, that's what I heard last year. I don't know if anyone else heard the same. That's what I heard. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, hey, you know, he will – I'm sure he'll have his guys back at times, and I'm sure he will um, openly demand more of his guys at times. But – that's see that's the thing about this hire that is so great it is not a flash in the pan hire it's not a guy who happened on to a great season and now took a big job and is in over his head it's actually the exact opposite this is the, the exact opposite yeah this is the, the that was the worst season they had in what six seven years there yeah yeah, ten and three was the worst season they've yeah, had. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think, I think that's where Texas has continued to to get themselves in trouble. Um, you know, Mac Brown gone. You take well, I don't know. They want. I think he was pretty far down on the list, but they took Charlie Strong after a what a good year at Florida, right? Yes, they. I think they won the Sugar Bowl the year after yeah, he the, left. I think. Yeah, who did? Who did? No, they he beat? came from. Uh, he came Louisville. from Louisville, and they beat Florida in the Sugar Bowl. I, I think Is that, that was, what it was last year. They had Teddy Bridgewater there. Yeah, that's right. He was the because he was the DC at Florida before that. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But well, there you go. You take a, you take a flash one-off, type of situation where you had a, a Heisman Trophy type of player there, and look what you get, and then you you take a. But Tom Herman, who has a first-time coaching situation at Houston, and you take a flash. How's it go? And really, with Sarkeesian, I would say it's somewhat the same thing because USC already made this hire whenever he came from Washington, and they got rid of him. And you know he he happened into the offensive coordinator role at Alabama. You know, after getting fired as the offensive coordinator from the from the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, yeah. and that's how you end up in well, Texas. I think this one even looks worse, though, because at least Charlie Strong had a great one great year as a head coach at Louisville. At least Tom Herman had, you know, the year he won the Peach Bowl Houston. over Florida State at Houston. Sark did not have that year as a head coach where he at least broke, you know what I mean? Like, the other right. two guys at least had that. Sark didn't even have that. On his resume, and still doesn't today. 
And he didn't even have kissing players on his resume like Tom Herman did. Yeah, um, I feel that's that could be coming next, though. Did he say that at <laughs> Big 12 Media Day? That, that'd be a good rumor to start, right? <laughs> By the way, um, thank you, text line. Shane Falco is left-handed. Really? Em- Empire Will helped us out with that, as did about 20 other people. Yeah, I was right on that one. Wow. Huh. Maybe I need to rewatch John Wick. Or just rewatch the replacements with your son. I think it's appropriate. Okay. The only thing my son watches is Godzilla. So unless <laughs> Godzilla's playing quarterback, we're not watching it. <laughs> I, there's probably some. That's the next spinoff. Godzilla plays quarterback. He when, Before I left the house today, he was trying to explain to me what was happening in this Godzilla cartoon. And I was like, I. I was somewhat paying attention to what he was saying, but the other part of me was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's he, he can keep track of a million different Godzilla movies, uh, TV shows, cartoons. It's amazing. Well, maybe he could turn it into a career someday. Probably that's, will. It's his passion at this point, right? Probably will. Uh, let's play a quick game, real quick. Uh, there's kind of the there's the hot seat list that we talked about two days ago earlier this week. CBS has yeah. each coach on a zero to five scale, five being the highest on the hot seat. Uh, you tell me if they're going to be fired this year or they're going to survive the season. Scott Frost, first name on the list. His rating is at a five, highest. Better win this year or else. Does he make it through the year? Does he make it to 2023 uh, or does he get fired? Uh. Oh, it's so hard. I like Frost. I like Nebraska. I think they're going to have I think they're going to be better than they were a year ago. But I have this overwhelming feeling that they're going to fire him no matter what happens. Once Trev Alberts came in and I uh, it looked like it looked like they said, hey, we're going to keep you around a year, but you're basically a dead man walking here. Just yeah. kind of the way everything okay, went down. Okay, and that's fine, man, but do they have a real – and maybe they do, but what's their idea next? What's their next idea? Where do they go from here? Well, I, I, I can guess they're going to try to go to a Wisconsin type of attack offensively <laughs> is the next well, thing. Well, they just hired the offensive coordinator from Pitt that airs it out. Well, I, I – so they're going to air it now? They're going to air it out now all of a sudden? Yeah. But they, maybe they don't have any idea. That doesn't seem I, like yeah, a great I idea to me. I don't know. Uh, but unfortunately, I think he's I think he's going to get fired. Okay, I would agree with that. Next one, the only other coach at a five is our boy, uh, how'd you get the beans over the Frank? Herm Edwards out there at Arizona State. <laughs> uh, well... I don't know. That's really interesting. Arizona State has been terrible for as long as I can remember. And somehow, even though we heard from that one coach who says it's the most mismanaged, uh, horribly run situation in all of college football, they're playing better than they have uh, as long as I can remember. 25 and, last year. 25 and 18 as a head coach there. Yeah. So I think he I think he does not get fired. I guess uh, some people are still upset about 
you know, bringing in prospects during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, if Bill Self at Kansas isn't getting fired for outright uh, paying recruits, the whole Adidas deal, all of the, uh, the evidence is right there. If he goes out there and goes eight and five again, they're not going to fire him. Sixty-eight years old for Herm. I don't, I don't know what I how old I thought he was, but I didn't think he was sixty-eight. He looks young. He does. He's looked the same for forty years. <laughs> he really has, actually. Brian Harson at Auburn is at a four. Oh, he's gone. A four? Yeah. He's at a ten. I, the only reason he's not fired is because of his contract. Unless I, am I missing something? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you're missing. I don't know why he still has a job, actually, after everything that happened this offseason. I, I think that he is probably purposely, after what they did to him, going to try and run the thing into the ground. Good. Get that buyout, man. Get that yeah. buyout. What are they? I'm I'm looking for them in the recruiting rankings. Uh, no, they're they're them. really. You got to keep scrolling. You got to keep going way. Down. They're like sixty. I think um, Kansas has a better recruiting class than they than they do right now. Uh, yeah, everyone does. Mm-hmm. They're number seventy. Seventy. Jeez, it's even worse than yeah. I thought. Brutal. Yeah, he's gone. But you know, they're at seventy because of what they did to him. It's their own fault. Uh, you can't cut the legs out from under your head coach. Now, everyone in the SEC saying, Auburn, you can't go to Auburn. They're not going to have a head coach next year. You don't, you have no idea who you're going to be playing for. Why would you do something like that? You know, maybe uh, my most underrated Brent Venables moment of this offseason is when he basically said, yeah, Auburn offered me a job, and there's no way in hell I was going to take that gig. No thanks. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right, anyone else? Um, no one, like Jake Spavital at Texas State, Dino Babers at Syracuse. Remember Dino Babers four years ago is like, God, he Hot might name. get a good job. He beat Clemson. Not so much now. No, no, couldn't capitalize on it. All right, let's hit a quick break. Get to some text messages next. 651-3439, Air Cover Solutions text line. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Come see us. There you go, Brent Venables. How hands-on is he going to be with the defense during games this year? More of your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Chase in Orange County says, Steve Sarkeesian's record as a head coach is 51-42. and L-M-A-O. Yeah, well. And that's in the Pac-12 and the Big 12, so big yikes. Right. And, hey, you um, – all situations aren't equal. But he just so happens to be at the most difficult situation that he's been in so far at Texas where um, someone put it to me, uh, Bill Connolly from ESPN, said that they've made 
two good hires in 60 years or something like that. (laughs) Bill Conley put it that way to you. I've been saying that to you for five years now. And one of the guys, one of their good hires that Bill Conley was the first one that ever came up with that, got his ass kicked by Bob Stoops about 90% of his career. Right. That's, That's correct. Point is... He's at the hardest place he's been, and he hasn't been great up to this point. His shining moment is being the offensive coordinator on a team that you could have taken your pick of four or five different guys on the team could have won the Heisman Trophy, including defensive guys. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So, man. yeah, I, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is he – he seems to be in over his head. It seems like it, it. It kind of feels like it took him by surprise a bit that you um, you do the the Washington thing, then you do the USC thing. Um, you get fired, like you go to Alabama as an analyst, and then you get to call plays, and then you end up at Atlanta as offensive coordinator. You get fired there. And then all of a sudden, you got lightning in a bottle as offensive coordinator at Alabama, and you're you got the Texas job. And like, has he really had time to to sit back and think about being a head coach and like what he would want to do, where he would want to go, like what, take stock of what he's done and like, what he needs to work on, and really take a deep evaluation of himself or did it all just happen so quickly that you never really got time to change anything that you've ever really done yeah uh we just got a text that has a link to a story about marvin mims and something that he said today i i guess he was telling um some reporters today and, and i think we've heard this before that had lincoln riley stayed as ou's head coach he would have likely departed for a different opportunity Marvin said, quote, I just really wasn't happy with it. I just wanted a change. So there's this thought that, well, OU had players transfer out because Lincoln Riley. Well, if Lincoln Riley was still here, Marvin Mims is saying, yeah, I would have said peace. I would have said see ya. And I don't think that he's the only guy that would have done that. Smallwood, it looked like he was he was going anyways too, right? Well, and, and I how, mean, no, not, not, not Smallwood, Hazelwood, sorry. And, and here's a name too. How do we know that Caleb Williams still doesn't transfer out? Because they were looking seemingly for a money grab this offseason. And USC gave him one. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor out there that old Carl was shopping his son around for about $2 million. Whether he got that from USC or not, I don't know. But I think regardless if Lincoln is here, I'm pretty skeptical that OU matches that number. I, I still think there's a decent chance they enter into the portal – OU just waits around with Lincoln Riley, and he ends up transferring elsewhere because of a massive NIL deal. Right. Yeah. You know what else is interesting? What would um, what would Levy have done if Radler wasn't getting in the portal? Um. And I wonder if there was ever any interest there at all. I because <laughs> I'm trying to think of the timeline. Um, did 
rather he went he went to the bowl game, didn't he, or did he not? God, did he not? He he didn't go to the bowl game. I don't think that he did. Didn't he enter into the portal? Like he stuck it out through the regular season, right. and then I think shortly after he entered into the portal. I I think that timeline's right. Yeah. I think so. It was definitely before Caleb Williams because once Caleb Williams entered in the portal, Gabriel happened that night, and then it was uh, well. There's your starting quarterback. So well, right. I think it was it was before. I mean, it was before Venables was announced as head coach too. I think wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I think that's accurate. So text line will help us out on that timeline, but yeah. I, it seems like Levy wants guys that have a dual threat and. I, I mean, yeah. Last year was a pretty indicate good, good indication that Rattler's just not that guy, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting with Mims. Um, man, talk about talk about. I mean, and I don't know how that recruiting job went, or maybe they didn't even have to do it. I he once Lincoln announced that he was gone, like he was solidified and he wanted to stay. I don't know how that played out, but um, right, that's that's a that's big time. Yeah, I will give uh, Muleshoe credit for one thing. He was uh, he was smart to get out when he did, because the fan base was really about to. They had already they already were after that OSU loss, but they were really going to start turning on him, especially if guys like Mims were going to enter into the portal and some other key players as well. That would have been a sure sign that ugh, it kind of looks like things are crumbling around. It, this would be in a this would have been a massive year for him. I don't know if he'd been on the hot seat, but just in terms of how the fan base feels about him, this would have been a huge year for him. I think he, I think he got out just in time to not happen to see the bad side of of what this fan base thought about him because that was about to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right about that. I think the the tide had definitely turned. It had definitely turned. Do you think that influenced his decision at all? No, I, already, I, I yeah, the decision was already made, man. Come on. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay tuned.